What is going on, everybody? I am Greg Hellback, and my co-host, Michael Pinter, and I are bringing you another episode of the New York Real Estate Investing Show. This show is all about how to be successful in New York State, one of the best places and one of the most difficult places to do business in. And each and every week, Michael and I are going to bring awesome content to everybody who wants to learn how to do this business successfully in New York. Between the both of us, we have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals. We've made millions of dollars and we've also made a ton of mistakes. So if you want to try your best to avoid those mistakes, definitely take a listen to this podcast. Every single week, we are going to provide actionable tactical steps on how you can be successful investing in the Empire State of New York. Stay tuned and welcome to the show. All right, on this episode, we are going to cover something that really has nothing to do with investing in New York State, but anyone who listens to this will have a better mindset, or I guess I would say philosophy, on this whole idea of passive income and this whole myth of retiring. And we're also going to cover really doing what you love. A lot of people read self-help books, and the first chapter usually says you got to do what you love. And if that's underwater basket weaving, you find a way to get rich. Uh, and we're going to kind of debunk a lot of that today. So Michael, I know we were talking about this on the phone and you made a video about this like last week and I called you. I'm like, dude, that was a great video. As I say, on every video you make, by the way, um, Thank you. I wish so let's, I want you to start cause you, you've been in business longer than me and you got some, you got some years on me. So what were so, your experience with all this crap? So the top, the topic of that video was cause someone had asked me what my long-term plans are. And I find that I see a lot of people at like investor field, the mastermind we're a part of. Or in other groups, and they have this plan, and they've got this plan from somebody else, which is basically, I'm going to start wholesaling, right? I saw on the internet you can make like $12,000 in a week doing that. And I'm going to make some quick cash wholesaling. Then I'm going to make enough money to rehab. I'm going to rehab. I'm going to wholesale for like six months because it's going to take so quick. And then I'm going to rehab for like two years. I make so much money. I'm going to buy all these rentals. And then I'm just going to sit on a beach and look at my phone and watch as my rental income pours in and pays for my six Bentleys and my four Ferraris. Like that's the idea. And I think that that's incredibly attractive to a lot of people, right? Oh, sure, I'm just gonna do, I'm gonna do this easy thing to do something that's a little bit harder so that I can do nothing all day. And um, what I said and what, what resonated I think with you when we discussed it was that number one, this idea that I'm gonna do nothing all day is such a stupid myth that that so many people, even the people who've 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 accomplished, like they've made more money, like they, they start a company, and I know guys, I know guys that started companies and sold for like eight figures, right? Sold the company for like ten million dollars, right? It's really enough money, you never need to work again, right? For really generational wealth, right? You can you can live off the interest for four yeah, generations, yeah, you'll probably you be okay. Forever. Yeah. And most of these guys, some of them, not most, some of them thought they would do nothing all day, and they all got really depressed from that. And What's more important than having enough money to not work is having a purpose in life and doing something that you like, enjoy doing. And what I said in the video was that I never, I'm 51, right? I never want to stop doing this. I love what I do. I love it, right? If you told me I'm going to do this at 91, I would say, that's amazing. I would do it at 101, right? Because I like it, right? And now I'm not saying it's all rainbows and butterflies, right? There are days that I'm upset and there is some stress involved, but but overall, I really like what I'm doing. I believe we're doing a good thing. We're helping people. We're helping sellers. We're helping buyers. We're making money while we're doing it. This challenge of doing deals. And that whole, I'm going to wholesale for 
two weeks so that I can rehab for two years so that I can just buy rentals is foolish for a lot of reasons. First of all, most of the people that we know that own rentals are not sitting back and doing nothing. The idea that I'm just going to hire a property management company and I'm going to do nothing but count my incredibly vast and growing um, money from my from my rentals is something that doesn't usually work. Now, I, there are people in my area who have, you know, hundreds of buildings, dozens of thousands of units. And those guys have are very wealthy, right? Incredibly wealthy. Well, I know a guy, he just... He just donated ten million dollars to to a to a to an organization I'm affiliated with. Ten, he did it anonymously, but I know it's him. Ten million dollars. So this guy has a lot of money, right? If you can donate ten million dollars, you got a lot of money. You got a lot and of money. Yeah. This guy goes to work every day, right? He doesn't sit on his ass, right? He has a crazy ass house. He has all this stuff, but he works. And he, I, I would think if you told him or you went to him and said, "Why do you work all day?" He would probably say something like, "What's wrong with you?" Like that's yeah. A lot of people define themselves by the work now. I know. I also know people that work their ass off when they don't need to, and that's crazy, right? I, I have a, a friend who's a woman. She's a partner in a huge firm, and she barely sees her kids. And she openly says, like, it's competition. Like, she wants to be the managing partner of this firm one day. So that's also nuts, right? She works every single Sunday. She works every single night. She barely sees her kids. That's crazy, too. But everybody's got to find a purpose, a, a point where they are happy doing what they're doing, where it doesn't get in the way of the rest of their of the important things in life. But I, I just think that I, I define freedom Freedom to me is not just having enough money that I know I can pay my bills and keep keep my family fed and 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 under a roof. But freedom is a big part of freedom to me is having time freedom, right? So another thing I said in that video is that I know guys that are doctors or lawyers. They they make a lot of money. A lot of some some make, a bunch of make more money than me for sure. But they really don't have time freedom, right? If they want to leave, right? They can't leave. If they're on a case, if they're doing surgery, they're not leaving in the middle, right? Their kid calls them and says, I got to pick you up and they're middle of surgery. They're not leaving, right? So they don't really have the time freedom. So I, I wouldn't trade places with them, even for more money. For me, I know I can do what I, right? Well, well how did they define it? Free, real freedom is doing what you want, when you want, you want with who you want, with, with who you want, right? That's real freedom. So this business to me has given me that. And I, I, I don't I don't think I can go back to a nine to five if I, if I had to, because I don't want to ask somebody's permission to go do what I to do do what I want to do. So, to me, that's really what the business provides. And this this and, and I and I did it a little differently, right? So I started rehabbing because I didn't understand wholesaling at all ten years ago when I started for doing this full time. And I I was fine rehabbing. And then after doing rehabbing for four years, I decided I don't want to deal with contractors and building departments. I want I'd rather wholesale. So I still do some of that, but I move toward more towards a wholesaling model so that I can scale up the business in a way where I don't think I'm going to uh, be upset by it. But that was the gist of my post, and I, I stand behind that. The idea of retirement, you know, we, we've sort of been ingrained in this country, certainly earlier generations, of this idea of retirement, where you do a job that you may like or you may hate, and you're going to do it for the best 30 years of your life, right? From, let's say, your mid-20s to your, to your mid-50s or 60s, or best 40 years of your life. And then you're going to get this pension and retire, and you're going to be so happy that you can retire all day and live off this you know, defined benefit plan. And, it, and it, it, to me, it's insane because if you're trading the best 30 or 40 years of your life for something you don't like, and then you're going to not have anything to do, you're going to be depressed while you're working and you're going to be depressed after you work. So that whole concept to me is foolish. I don't understand it. And it's, it's sometimes it's hard to, to, to talk to somebody who's old, older than us about it, right? They, they like retirement, retirement, retirement. Retirement seems like a dumb idea to me. Do something you enjoy doing. And do it till you don't want to do it anymore. That's the way I. That's the way I look at it. You, that is so well said. That's just like a mic drop. Even though we got you know thirty more minutes on this show. So I mean, I'll tell you what, man. It, 
everything you said, I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly agree with. And when I communicate with new investors, I can relate to them very, very well because I'm, you know, a lot farther down the road than they are, but really usually I'm older than they are. I'm younger than they are. Right. Or I'm the same age. Maybe they're a little younger than me. I'm getting a little old now, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. You're ancient. Yeah. No, <laughs> but I mean, you know, in, in, in like real estate years, you know, I'm getting, okay. there's a lot of younger people in our business for sure. Yeah. So I tell them one thing I'm like, listen, I remember the first time. So when I got started, uh, this story will make sense in a minute. I remember when I got started, I was very, very young. I was a young kid. And I was like doing all of these activities literally for free, basically, because I wasn't skilled enough to make money. And I really enjoyed it. And I loved putting out bandit signs and I loved handwriting letters in the beginning. This, and obviously your activities change as you grow. Right. But I remember doing it for free and I, I, I really liked it. I was listening to podcasts in the car that I was listening that I could barely pay for you know, and like scooting around my schoolwork and like, you know, I was always pretty good in college. So like, it wasn't really hard for me. Uh, but I remember I was like, I'm doing this for free and I like it. And I remember I got my first deal and I had a check for like five, there was a small check. And I was like, holy shit, I just made money doing something that I enjoyed. And I was like, my relationship with money changed. And as I've made, you know, a lot of money since, and as you have made a lot of money since, it, the process to me, it will change, but I tell people to this day, I fucking love this game. I love working with my team. I love, I'm still involved in my business. Like I still do a lot of shit and I love it and I love doing it. And I say to people, listen, to me, this is not work. But yeah. There are days that suck. I get stressed out AF. A lot of the times there's a lot of bullshit, a lot of stuff out of my control, out of your control that can really be stressful. But overall, I remember when I was 19 years old and not in a labor union, but my dad's friend had a flooring company and I was putting floors in shop rights in the middle of New Jersey overnight with people who got out of prison and I was making good money, right? Like 20 bucks an hour back in 2012, 2013 was 14 wasn't, wasn't bad. <laughs> and I remember one, one time the first, the first week I worked there and this is just like a summer gig. Cause I was like a fucking idiot with no money. And uh, I got a check for like 500 something dollars, which was a lot of money for that, for that work. And I was like, all right, that's, this is good money. Right. And I had no expenses. And I was like, I just busted my ass for 500 something dollars. And I got to go back and do it again the next day. And I just remember being like, I made the best of that situation. Like I wasn't bitching about it, but I was like, there's gotta be a better way to make money. And I remember every time I was at a nine to five job, like I was a lifeguard and did the flooring thing and worked at a golf course when I was like 20 or no, 19, 18 and 19. I was like, I remember I had to go there in order to get money. The, the only reason I was there was for money. And I was like, there's gotta be a different way to do this. And I just remember like, I wasn't even reading books at the time. I was just like, there's gotta be a better way to make money. Like, and like my parents never shit on me, but they never like, were like, oh yeah, go be your own boss. Like they didn't know anything about that, but they never shit on me. So it was kind of, kind of lucky that way. And I remember starting to make money as a self-employed person. And I started to just be like, holy shit, my income is directly tied to what I can bring to the market and how good I am at it. And ever since then, like I, I've always been like, this shit is fun. And the more successful I get, ironically, the harder I work and I'm less lazy now than I was when I had no money, which is really funny because technically you and I could fuck off for a very long time. And pretty much 
be good for a while. Like I'm not, we're not billionaires, but like I tell, like I'm working way harder now than I was. And the more successful I get, the more I want to work because it's like, you get this feedback loop because it's like that with, it's like that with most people. But if you, if you have the ability to work or not work and you choose to work, then that's fine. Like the, I, it's the idea, the idea that's been sold to people is that you're going to trade your time for money. Right. And I'm talking on all ends of the spectrum, whether you're flipping burgers and making minimum wage or whether you're a heart surgeon, a brain surgeon, and you're making seven figures, $5,000 an hour. Yeah. Anytime you're trading your time for money, it, that's limited. We all have the same amount of time. You, yeah. me, Jeff Bezos, we all have the same amount of time, right? Whoever, Elon Musk, we all are awake for what, 16 hours a day? That's it, right? We sleep for some part of it. We all have to eat. We all have to crap. We all have to do stuff like that. So how many more hours can you do? You can't, right? And then if you want to enjoy your life, spend time with your family, go on vacation, you know, do things that, that come up, helping your family, whatever it is. Every one of those reduces your time. So the idea to me that you're going to, the idea to me to take a job where you trade your time for money is crazy. I, I took a job a long time ago, right? Um, before I was married, I was working for a company called RGUS, Regis, and um, it was a, uh, they do, they take inventory on major retailers. Like we were going to like big companies and we'd sit there and it was back breaking work. We'd go into a store after it closed bent over we have to uh, scan each thing and like it was the money the pay was shit and i was like this is really bad like i didn't know what backbreaking labor was and i'm sure there's yeah. much harder labor than that right you got picking yeah. picking strawberries out in the field and is probably even harder but like this backbreaking labor to, but it's just it's just a mindset like if you think that's all you've got to go, to to work with then that's what you're going to do but like like you said there's there's a much better way right you have to leverage um knowledge you have to leverage other people you have to leverage like you you are probably the biggest consumer of knowledge that i know you're always listening you're always sending me podcasts you're listening to i'm like i you just sent me a half hour ago you must be listening on like five speed of the i podcast. listen to like i've listened to thousands i don't even know like it's amazing i'm not i'm not as good i should but i don't so i try to listen but i but I, but i don't i try you know i try to consume uh knowledge but i don't consume it like you do but that's clearly been one of your your strengths but the idea that you're taking that knowledge and leveraging it is what you're doing you're 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 finding uh well, more about it we're finding a system where we can leverage our knowledge our expertise our ability to find the deal ability to, to find the buyer for it and then the really the, the 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 possibilities are are exponential right there are guys doing this doing what we do making a million dollars a month i mean bringing in a million dollars a month in revenue a yeah. million dollars a month right that's it. There are guys they're doing they're doing it with smaller teams too. They're not doing it with right. a huge ecosystem. They're doing it with a lean. You interview Josh Cohen. Josh Cohen's doing like did like eight hundred thousand dollars this one. He's gonna do a million dollars pretty soon. Like yeah, that is doable. And if Josh Cohen wants to go away for three weeks, he probably could. And uh, uh, you know, and, and he could call in twice during that time and be fine. So hundred percent. That that's that's the power of of leverage, and 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 it's it, I think it's very very hard for a lot of people to get that into their minds. That there is a better way. They almost feel like, well, okay, I'm gonna, I need to quit my job, and I need to spend nine to five doing wholesaling, so that for X amount of time before I spend nine to five doing uh, rehabbing, before I can then be free and clear. And it's just, it's just not how it works, right? You and I work more than nine to five because we because we like doing it, and it, it sometimes it takes more time. But if but, but if we don't want to, we don't have to. 
Exactly. This and that's the thing about this business. Before we get into the rental income myth that I want to fucking talk about for ninety hours because we both own rentals and know how that fucking works. So the beautiful thing about the wholesaling or any business when you're in sales, like whether you're rehabbing and developing multi-million dollar homes or you're assigning contracts in Pennsylvania for fifteen thousand dollars, it's the same shit. It is what you want it to be. You do not need to have it be a massive behemoth business. And you can, if you're really good, like I would say. If you and I were trapped on an island for two hours with a laptop and a telephone and the knowledge we have, and we're not, I'm not trying to like flex on how smart we are, but we could sit there if we only had two hours and then we had to go, you know, get our food for the night to cook, right? Ironically, I'm on like this carnivore diet, so I'd have to hunt a bison. But uh, basically, we could find a way to make money in those two hours. And if anyone watching the show or listening to the show, if you only have two hours and you're really efficient, you can make money within those two hours and eventually you'll make enough money to probably quit your job to then spend more time. Cause you'll like, most likely you'll enjoy the business. I do know some people who don't enjoy the business and that's fine. And that's up to them. But I was telling my friend this the other day, we we're on the beach hanging out and I was like, dude, I fucking love doing deals, man. Cause we did a deal together and I gave him, I, I gave him some money on a wholesale deal. He brought the buyer. And, uh, I was like, dude, I just fucking love this business, man. I'm like, and he could hear in my voice. I was like, bro, like, there's nothing like it. Like, this is so fun. And, and he doesn't like the business as much as I do. And he's like, man, what, what should I do? Like, and I'm like, what do you like doing? And he's like, I really like making YouTube videos. I'm like, well, dude, you already have a business that makes you a lot. He has a big uh, agency. And I'm like, dude, you already make really, really good money in your agency business. And uh, he makes good money wholesaling. He literally does zero work. Like he just, you know, gets leads. And I'm like, just put up more time into YouTube. And like, if that eventually makes you money, you're already making money. And then you can even use your YouTube channel that you're making that you like to promote your business. This guy's making millions of dollars a year just uh, as YouTube, uh, as YouTube influencers. There's, there's like, guys making a million dollars a week on YouTube. If you really are good. I mean, listen, that's a whole nother, you know, skill set. but there's right. just so many ways to use this business with, as like a utility tool. To, to, to do whatever you want. And, and I know people like I, we have some friends who their life, they're lifestyle driven. They really like to work for two hours a day. They really love going. Like I have some friends who love going to Europe and fucking off and they have their VAs running their business. And that's great. I don't know if I would like that just because I like to be involved. I could do it. I would test it. But like at the end of the day, like you can make this business, whatever you want. For so sure. the second myth I want to cover before we wrap it up, no, before we do rentals, before we do rentals. Okay. Two things. So two things I just want to talk about what you said. So first of all, this concept of, um, you know, big team versus small team. There are guys who really want a big team. Like, you know, Steve Enns, the guy in Vancouver. Yeah, like, he's, a, he's a good guy. Very good guy. Great guy. He very just nice guy. he just rented like a huge office in like the most expensive building there. Yeah. And he, he wants to have like 40 acquisition guys, you know, in the office banging a gong every time they, they do it. Like that's his vision for his business. That's fine. Right. I, I have no problem with that if that's what you want. But for me, I don't all oh, those Kegley guys. You know they got forty full time employees that they pay a salary oh, to. Crazy. Like I, that's not how I envision my business. I don't want that. I don't want to have to look every two weeks, uh, every pay every payday, and see if I have forty five thousand dollars for payroll and watch that go out when I don't, when I when I do as many deals as I want. Um, so that's not my vision of business. But if it's somebody's vision a vision of the business, that's fine. By the way, Josh Cohen is a pretty big team, but then there are guys who have two small teams that do it. So I'm always I'm always I always err on the side of leaner and less less overhead. Um, there's one other thing you said that I forgot about. Um, 
was it a lifestyle business? Oh yeah. So, so I mean, it's it's really everybody's different, right? Some people want want to golf, you know, for ten months out of the year. If they do, then that's fine. That's great, right? Oh oh, oh I know what it was. So it's it's actually from this book that I'm uh, I'm constantly reading called uh, The Road Less Stupid. So he's oh. like he's like, listen, even Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and and Elon Musk goes the idea that they are not involved in the business in their business. Oh my gosh, dude! I'm goes, so happy you brought they're invo- they're involved. He goes. Now, uh, 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 Bill Gates is not typing code for people to, for, for for the next mic for the next uh, Microsoft uh, outbook, out and, and Elon Musk is not making cars, and uh, and Jeff Bezos isn't sitting there uh, delivering packages. He goes, but the idea that they're not involved in the business is ridiculous. They're involved, right? They're involved as much as they want to, and at a CEO level. And I think that everybody has to decide what that involvement is. But the idea. We have this fallacy, this thing we've been we've been sold this crazy bill, bill of goods that you're going to get to point X, whatever that point is, a certain number of money in the bank, a certain number of deals, a certain size of the business, whatever it is, and then like a like a, a light light bulb is going to go off, and you're going to go, oh, I'm just I'm going to my uh, my private island that I just bought, and I'm going to uh, drink my ties all day, and it's 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 almost ridiculous if you think about it. If you think someone who's who really is involved in a business and loves that business is going to be happy not being involved in the business at all. It's not true, and we, and we and we've heard so many. Sto- I've heard so many stories of people that did that and really really fell into a depression. Right, they, their entire sense of purpose went out the window, and they they and they couldn't they couldn't deal with it. Right, we 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 follow Alex Ramosi. That guy, he he did that. Right, he had an exit. He had an exit for like twenty eight million dollars. He sold his company, and he was super depressed, and he was upset. That he wasn't having cash flow coming in, even though he got a check for twenty-eight million dollars. Like, you, you, the way you have to think is that if this is something you enjoy, you have to be involved with it at some point. You can change your involvement. You can do. You can delegate certain duties. You can hire a COO if that's what you want. But the idea that you're just going to let it fly and 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 be happy is 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 almost is almost is almost crazy. It, it's so true because the more you grow the business too, like the stuff that I do now is completely different than the stuff that I was doing. Right. And it's like, I, <laughs> I love the road that's stupid. Cause it's like that book is, there's just so many things in there that make so much sense because it's just <laughs> so good. But anyway, if you're not reading that book, you got to check that book. It's like, it's like a, you can read that thing every day, like a chapter a day, but uh, I, go, I go through two chapters a week with a book club where on the second time through it. And I'd read it before. It's so my third time through it. So, I think I'm going to read it for the rest of my life. That's how much I like it. It's, uh, and it's like, at the end of the day, like even the people that you and I know who, make more money than we do in this business, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're making a lot of decisions, right? And, and a lot of people, here's the thing in our industry, which, which is, is, is a little unfortunate. The whole idea of automating your business is obviously doable. People do it all the time, but I can tell you right now, you and I know some of the biggest dogs in the room. We could call them right after this podcast and they'll pick up. They will tell us the truth because we have, like, they have nothing to hide from us they're still doing stuff in their business. They're still meeting with their team. When once you have a team, you're like the coach instead of the quarterback. Like you're not, well, coach and quarterback. Like you're, sure. you're making, you're calling, like, I'm not, I'm reviewing the deals. I'm making sure. Like, Absolutely. I'm them. And even and these guys aren't, there's constant personnel changes. You know, we, oh, we yes. also, another myth we have is we're going to hire, we're going to get the best people and they're going to stay with us forever. Well, here's a, here's a little nugget. Nobody stays forever. People leave, right? And when people leave, if you're running the business, you're going to have to figure out how to replace them. Who's going to deal with that stuff? Even if you have a COO, you're still 
your CLO could leave, right? So the idea that you're you're putting this automation in place and never having to deal with it is absurd. One of the main reasons is personnel, right? Personnel change, right? It's it's just a fact of life. I just had a position where somebody left, I hired somebody else, and now this this person left. I got to hire somebody again. All right, you know, for, I'm upset for like, I think I give myself like 30 seconds of being upset. And then I realize it's just, it's probably for the better and I should move on. That's it. That's a great mindset. That's that's even better than the five minute rule. There's like the five minute rule and you, you've condensed it to 30 seconds. That's that's very think, impressive. Yeah, like you can feel sorry for yourself for about 30 seconds and then you gotta, you gotta do that. One of, the, one of the key ways to feeling better, this is not just business, but life, key ways to feel better when something bad happens to you is to do something about it, right? So obviously certain things are, are uncontrollable and are terrible, you know, death of a, of a loved one, something like that. But short of that, you probably can do something to, to improve. And the the problem I think most people have is that they look at a lot of events in their life and they feel like they're out of their control, even though they aren't. Like I'm broke. Okay, so then go do something. You make some money, for example. Um, and but once you actually make uh, some kind of uh, effort towards towards fixing the problem, you already start feeling better because at least you're doing something. And you're it's on the feeling, right path. Right. It's a feeling of helplessness that's really the big issue. 100%. I, I, it's, it's all, yeah. I mean, all these psychologists from back in the day, like it all stems in that kind of, it's, it's the mindset. It's how you reframe it. Because you can reframe bad or good. And uh, if you reframe it in a good way, you'll be on the right track fast. So as we start to wrap the show up, we've got 10 minutes left here. It's, there's, there's one more myth that it has to do with real estate investing. You and I know very well. And it's this, this rental, I don't even say passive income anymore because it's bullshit. This whole idea that once you have some money and you buy some rent, because rentals, I don't recommend rentals for beginners. Personally, I think it's not, it's, it's not nonsensical. Even if you're buying, a, anyway, that's a whole other topic. But rental properties from my experience, and I had nine at a time, then I sold some, and now I have four, right? So I don't have a ton of them, but I have enough to where it's, you know, there's stuff I got to deal with. That business, from my experience, you can get that a little bit more automated than flipping, but there's still problems that come up all the time with rentals. And uh, we have friends, Uncle Joe Lieber, he's got like a hundred free, they call him the ghettoologist. Go get him. He's got like 600 uh, doors in uh, in Cleveland. He drives a Bentley. <laughs> <He's funny. laughs> I think he drives a Rolls, not even a Bentley, but he's funny, Joe. Yeah. He's a big dog. But, but even guys like that, you have to do shit with rentals. You cannot, if you make a rental passive, you are going to get smoked, 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 steamrolled, especially if it's a multi. For sure. For sure. And like, um, I, I speak about this a lot, but like, there are two guys I really, really respect in this business. There are a lot of guys I really respect in this, but two of them, they're both in Utah. One is uh, Cody Hoffine and one is Jason Lewis. And they- oh great guys they said something that made me so happy they said and, and they have multi seven figure businesses where they they have big teams and they know what they're doing they they have forgotten a, a more about this business than than i'll ever know probably and they said whenever we take any part of our business rentals whatever it is and we don't check on it for a few months it always turns to shit and i'm like wow if these guys are saying that i can just imagine about my my my, my business so um, yeah, the, the, that's also a myth, a myth that rental income is passive. Like I, again, I know guys who are huge in rental, they work every day. There's things coming up and, and the idea is, oh, I could just get a property manager. But the truth is oh. your property manager is going to screw things up. You have to manage the manager and, and property managers leave where they say, I'm not dealing with this building anymore, or this house anymore. So 
the idea that it's completely passive um, really doesn't doesn't fly. It, it's, it's you're always going to have to be involved, and 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 that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, right? This drive to sit on a beach, right? What was that? What was that line in uh, in uh, Die Hard? In Die Hard, when Han says to him that they're never going to find us, and we're taking all these bearer bonds, and he goes, and then in two months we'll be on a beach earning twelve percent. Like that was like that's his thing. Like it's everybody's dream. I'm going to be on a beach earning twelve percent. I'm going to rack up this, you know, a ten million dollars. I'm going to earn twelve percent on. It. I'm going to earn one point two million to sit on the beach, drink my mai tais, like at the end of uh, another movie, uh, Trading Places, right? Where. They're all, we're You're all a movie guy, yeah. Huh? Yeah, so that's just that's just something that our mind plays tricks on us to do, yeah. right? We're going to get to point X, and then we're going to do nothing. But it's foolish because there's never a point X, right? You just keep moving the goalpost. You make more money, you do more, you want it more, and then there's never there's never that point. You don't want to do nothing. You want to be involved. That's why you live, right? When people have no purpose, that's when they die, right? That's that's what I, that's how I look at it. Like you you want to still have a purpose. You want to be involved. Right. That's why well, we started that way. This idea of I'm just going to retire and do nothing all day. Like that's that's not a good thing. It's insane. And, and the robust Stubie talks about imagine having a passive marriage or a passive fitness regimen, right. passive personal development regimen, yeah. passive yeah. relationships with your friends. You're going right. to be everything. Everything important in your life requires your 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 input and your effort <laughs> activity uh, activity. What does Jim Rohn says? Rest as a necessity, not as an objective. Right. It's true. I rest and unplug because I got to, because I'm a human, but I'm not like, I, I, it's funny you say this. Like, uh, I remember I went on a vacation to Hawaii a couple of years ago and I unplugged for the most part, mainly because of the time difference. It was just like unreasonable to, to like work at fucking two in the morning. Uh, I was like sitting there and I had a great time. It was fun. But I remember the last like day of the vacation or two days of the vacation, I was like, man, I am freaking B-O-R-E-D. I can only <laughs> so many pot. I was drinking Mai Tais the whole time. That's actually where the podcast germinated, the uh, Paved the Way podcast after about six Mai Tais with Devin. But uh, seriously, that was a funny time. But but I was like, man, I was, I, so I remember I was like, fuck, I got to get some shit done. So I, I went right to this cafe, sat down on my computer and I was like, yo, I got to do some shit. Like I was getting stir crazy. And, uh, you know, it's funny because like, I feel like it's when people do take some rest and they recover and, and, you know, some people do it weekly or whatever. It's like, you're so much more energized to get back at it. Like I personally am not the biggest fan of the weekends. Obviously I have fun on the weekends, but like on Sunday night, I'm like, yeah, let's get after it. I'm planning my week. I'm planning Monday. Like I got everything lined up. I got all the goals for the week and shit. And you know, some people live for the weekend and that's fine. But if you find what you like to do, you will start to, your work and your play will be intertwined. Like you're like, like, for example, you know, let's say the team's not working on a Saturday, they're busy and I get a lead that comes in and I'm not doing anything. I'm going to call the lead back because like, I, I, it's like, number one, I feel like it's my obligation. And number two, it's like, I get to make a two minute phone call and maybe buy a house. Like that's not work, you know? Uh, right. I think, I, I think someone could do like a study on this, but like, I wake up pretty early. You wake up pretty early. Yeah. One of the reasons why I wake up early and why a lot of people don't wake up early is um, I think people are like not happy and they, yes. look at, and they look at sleep as a escape from their unhappiness. Right. But you and I are happy. We like what we're doing. So I don't want to be, I don't want to sleep more than I have to because I like when I'm awake. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of people, so like, and a lot of people don't, don't, uh, you know, to, you know, you wake them up five minutes earlier than the alarm clock and they start screaming at you like you're a jerk. And like, 
I don't know. Like if someone woke me up five minutes before my alarm, I wouldn't be upset at all. Like, okay, I'll get up a little earlier. It's fine. Like yeah, right? I, I look, like I like when I'm awake, right? Sleeping is, is a necessity, but I don't, I don't, I don't, and I love my sleep. Don't get me wrong. But like, I think a lot of people look at sleep as like the alternative to what's an unhappy existence. To what they're doing. It's just like their, their life pause button. And it's interesting. Like when someone is really good at like having a routine too, like, for example, and this, we could do another show on this, honestly, because this is, this would be applicable to people executing plans. But like, when it comes to like getting up early, like I have my day planned out in advance the night before. So like when I get up, like it's not a guessing game. It's like, I'm an actor following a script. So like I get up, I got this podcast, you know, I was reading before this, uh, I got my team huddle, like, like everything I'm doing for the day is strategically planned because I want to, not because I have to. And when I'm done at like six o'clock tonight, and I, I'm not going to feel guilty for going and watching a little TV or like, you know, eating a steak and watching one of your videos or something like I, I it's like, or going for a walk. Like when you can strategically, and then that's the whole thing when you're self-employed is like, when you can create your schedule, you don't mind your schedule, but if someone else creates your schedule, I understand why there is a little bit of resentment because you, you ultimately are not in control of that. But when you're designing, okay, I'm going to work from three to seven and I'm going to, you know, it's, it, it just allows you to like. Have sure. more control, which ultimately, and we're not psychologists, but we've read a lot on this stuff. Sure. You feel happier because you are in control. It's called the internal locus of control. I believe that's what it's called. Something like that. Correct. But I mean, they, what they what they found, I think, is that people that live more structured lives live happier lives, which yes. seems seems which seems counterintuitive, right? You would think freedom. whatever you'd want to do uh, that would make you happy, but the people who are like killing themselves are usually people who have everything, and the people who have some kind of struggle are the people who. Are finding a way to have a purpose in life and keep going. So, it's so make planning your day. People, some people look at you and planning your day. You, why don't you just do whatever the hell you want? But that's not that's because in in reality, that doesn't end up making you happy or making you uh, productive. It makes you uh, less productive and less happy. It's like a ship without a rudder. It's like, or it's like, it's like me, and I'll run the show in a minute. It's like if I wanted to drive to Long Island from San Diego, right? I could basically wing it. I kind of know how to get there because it's like three roads. But if I put the damn thing in my GPS and I have a target I'm looking for and there's a strategy to get there and I follow a plan, I'm going to get there in the most, maybe there's maybe there's construction on one road. So it directs me a different way because I strategically planned it out. It's the same kind of thing. When you just have your day organized and you have control over it, it, it just allows your day to go as smooth as, po- as it possibly can. And it'll, it just it straight up makes you happier. So to wrap the show up, we got to both jump out off here in a minute. Make sure that you're getting into this business for the right reasons. Do not think that once you quote unquote make it, you're going to do nothing because I guarantee you, you're going to be miserable. And understand that if you're buying rental properties, especially they are not passive, they are active. You definitely have more of a predictable system if you know what you're doing. However, you're going to have to always be involved in your business to some extent. Don't listen to what people say. You're going to have to make some decisions and it's going to ultimately make you feel better. And I hope everyone listening got value. And if they did get value, if they can leave us a review on iTunes and, and YouTube and whatnot, Spotify, it'd be greatly appreciated. Michael, I know you and I both got to run. I will catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye.